Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man who has successfully eaten a cheese bend at Burger Bar probably 300 times in his life. Go Royals. Gotta, gotta do that. Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a man who has defeated all comers in Sorry over 300 times, Sean Lewis. I used to spend a lot of time with uh, my grandma at her house, and Sorry was the uh, game of choice for her. Uh, sadly, she was the uh, recipient of many of those defeats. Uh, may she rest in peace now, but love you, Grandma. Thanks for teaching me the great game of Sorry. Someone's got to lose, right? And uh, finally, we have a man who has listened to the miseducation of Lauren Hill more than 300 times, John King. <laughs> Easily. Favorite album of all time. I think it's the best album of all time. And I'm going to see the Fugees next March in Washington, D.C. And I'm very, very excited for that. Nice. Going to catch a going to catch a, a whiz game while you're there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that's the first place Wizards team. I mean, they're doing people. good. I mean, you got to. So. All right. Uh, on the show this week, uh, we have a player interview. So we're going to talk to freshman forward Dylan Jones, do it all DJs. Uh, been been racking up the hardware uh, this week. Got a tournament MVP award that came his way. And now Big Sky Player of the Week. So we're going to talk to DJ a little bit about how, how things went in the offseason. A lot of new faces on the Wildcats squad. And so we're going to talk to him uh, about how things are going because it's a hot start for the Wildcats. Then we're going to walk you through the, the week's recap. Wildcats were down in St. Pete, Florida taking on uh, all comers at the Jersey Mike's classic ended up getting the sweep there. And uh, then I got a game for our panel. We're playing Waldo's magic eight ball. So we got to see what their takes are and see what Waldo's magic eight ball thinks about their takes and uh, what the future holds. Uh, before, before we get into all that, if you want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, basically any place you get your podcast, you can find Weber state weekly. We're also on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. We've also got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. You can become a patron and join our game day chat on Slack. Uh, it's a good time there. Uh, we posted some interesting news today there that uh, I, we didn't tweet out until later. But uh, that's a good place to, to get get some of that information that we get first in the game day chat on our Slack channel. So go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a patron. And I think that that's good. Oh, uh, I, I should mention this. I never mentioned this, but... These shows get live streamed on YouTube. So if you didn't catch it on social media later, you can always go catch them on YouTube. Go find us on our YouTube channel. All the all of the uh, interviews are there. All right, guys. So uh, now let's let's go to our player interview, man, because we've got uh, Do It All DJ Dylan Jones here on the show. Weaver State Weekly, second time on the show. DJ, how you been, man? Things have been cooking for the Wildcats early in this season. I've been good. I've been good. Yeah, man, we uh, it's been a hot start of best start for the Wildcats since 1985. Currently sitting at five and zero, have defeated all comers, and uh, man, love to see that. Uh, but before we get into this season, DJ, I want to I want to go back to the end of last season. So picked up some hardware, ended up becoming Big Sky Conference Freshman of the Year, which is a nice award for you. You worked really hard to get that, and then uh, headed into the off season, man. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that off season. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're a motivated guy. You're, you're somebody who's, you know, trying to work hard and maybe play in the league one day. And so you win that award, you go into the off season, you've got, you've got work that, you know, you need to do in off season prep to get ready for this season. Talk to us a little bit about that preparation. Talk to us about how maybe, you know, winning the freshman of the year award kind of helped motivate you to, to put in the work throughout the summer and get ready for now the, uh, the out of conference playoff or the out of conference, um, series or non-conference stuff and getting ready for conference play um 
I think it was obviously I was honored to get the award um, like anybody would to get any type of award like that. Um, I was very thankful, you know, thank God, whatever. But, you know, once we lost, um, it kind of just all went out the window, you know, because a lot of players like if you, you know, if you're a basketball junkie, like, you know, um, awards kind of are like minimized once you if you're a loser, you know, and um, I've never like lost a lot in my career. And um, when we lost in our first round, you know, it kind of just all went out the window. Like, like I've been watching a lot of like the Jordan documentary and like, I remember their team, they went 72 and 10 and, um, and like them player, they players knew like, you know, that was great and all, but like, it didn't mean nothing. Like they had a slogan that said, don't mean a thing without the ring. And that's just kind of like the motto I kind of adopted once I won the award and we lost. So, um, that was all the motivation I needed. Um, obviously, like winning the award kind of just gave me the confidence I needed to know, like, okay, like people see who I am, people know me, you know. Um, I've kind of like, you know, put myself on that, I guess that the, in that space of, you know, I guess you can say, like people know who I am. And that's all I, that really did for me. But once we lost, it kind of just gave me, that was all the motivation I needed. Um, so in the summer, I mean, I went home like a three weeks to a month, like right after the season. But you know, I came right back to Ogden and I got to work with my coaches, you know, because um, I know like anything that I want to do for the next year, you know, it'll be earned right now in the summer. Like, and I'm like being a, having people in my family that play basketball, being around people that's, you know, played the game, you know, pros and stuff. Like they'll tell you, like, you don't earn those 30 point games or all those games or those good performances when the, when it's time to play the game, you know, you earn it in the summer when you, you know, you're working hard when everybody else not in the gym and you being focused, you know, you're working on your habits, you know, just doing a little stuff that everybody not doing. Cause honestly, everybody can't say it, honestly say that they're doing it. And, you know, I know that and I feed off that. So I just, you know, I knew what I, I just held myself accountable into that standard and thought like, you know, I'm going to work hard, you know, freshman year was cool, but you know, I want to, I got different things I'm trying to accomplish. You know, I want to, now it's time to just take it to another level. That's just really what I adopted. And people can think I'm a crazy for thinking like that, but I really am trying to take it to that level. So uh, that's really the, what happened this summer uh, with my work ethic and everything coming back from after winning freshman year. Like I said, like I'm grateful for it, but you know, when we lost, it kind of just like all went out the window and, you know, I just want to get back to that because, you know, I mean, because it, it, it doesn't really mean nothing because like, you know, basketball is a team sport, you know, and you win individual awards. But like, you know, if you don't accomplish the team goal, then it kind of just, you know, neglects itself. So that's that's what I did this summer. And I'm I'm grateful that everything happened for me, though. Yeah. So, but, DJ, I uh, thank you for, for that answer. I want to just say again, congratulations on the Player of the Week award. Um, I'm on the record of saying that my uh, one of my all time favorite Wildcats is a guy named Darren Mahoney. Now, uh, Darren was never a guy that would fill up the stat sheet. Uh, but what I loved about him was that he would uh, uh, go balls to the wall, man. It was just it was all out hustle plays. He was the guy getting down and dirty, sacrificing the body, going after every loose ball, uh, doing that. I've I've noticed that 
late last year and, and coming into this new season, uh, you're making a lot of those similar types of hustle plays and, and you're everywhere on the court, you know, uh, doing the things that, that other players don't want to do. And I, w- I just want to ask you, is that something that you have consciously added to your game? Is that trying to make those hustle plays? Is that something the coaches wanted you to do? Or is that something you wanted to do yourself or, or what led you to be that kind of player? Um, Honestly, like I give credit to a lot of people, honestly, because um, I've been I've dealt with coaches like in the past. Like if you don't play defense and do those things like I've been on teams where like me, like it's like five of me on the court. So like if you're not doing it, you're not playing. You know, that's just where I'm that's just yeah. where I'm from. And um, I could say, you know, thanks to a lot of coaches. But like, honestly, you know, I want it, you know, and I think my play resembles that. Like whether that's to win or to be good or be a professional athlete or whatever, I, you know, I want to do that. I want to accomplish it. And when I, when I say I want to do it, I don't take it lightly and I don't just like say I want to do it and then don't do it when it's time to actually do it. Like when it's, if I say I want this and I'm going to show people that I want it. And like, that could be like, I could very well do that in a number of ways. Like you said, like I could score points. I could, you know, whatever, but like, Y'all are seeing it for me, like getting hustle plays, you know, doing all the little things. And that's just for me, like, just like exerting the fact that like, I want to be great. Like, you know, that's just my way of showing it. You know, I'm showing people that like, you know, I want to accomplish this. I'm accomplish that. I'm going to be the hardest player on the floor. Honestly, I'm just showing, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just showing people I want it. Like, that's what I would say. that's fantastic. And I want to follow up with that. And this kind of leads into the the fast start that the Wildcats have had this year. Um, oh. It seems to me, and, I, and I'm not, I don't know that I can show this statistically, but it seems to me that a lot of these games are close uh, in these first five games. We've been close until about about 10 minutes left in the game, call it the fourth quarter, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And and then the Wildcats seem to, to just lock down defensively, and that leads to a, a burst of points. And I I, I heard uh, Coach Ray on a postgame show the other day talking about how uh, the focus of this year's team is defense leads to offense. And just want to get your your thoughts on that and what, 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 what clicks for this team in that fourth quarter, that last 10 minutes of the game uh, to, to go on these runs and, and break the games open like that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I think, honestly, like, our style of play as a team is like, you know, we want to play fast, you know, um, mm-hmm. we want to, you know, get up and down. And, um, like, early on, teams can, like, probably keep up with it. Honestly, like, you know, they could probably, like, scout against it or whatever. But, like, we know, like, they can't do it for a whole 40. So, like, when we doing these things in games, like, like we never panicking. Like, none of us are on the court, like, like panicking about us or are we down. Because we know, like, if we just keep doing what we're doing, you know, we're not doing nothing wrong. You know, we, it's going to bust open for us. Like, we know we just got to stay the course. And um, the test is for other teams, honestly, if they can do it, if they can keep up with us for 40 minutes. And, uh, and the teams, the good teams that we played, they haven't been able to. You know, we know that. So um, I just think that's honestly a little bit of what it is. Um, I've, and then also, like I said, I want it. I got other players on my team that want it. You know, like you said, in those last game, like those last uh, – 10 minutes or so, or whatever. Um, like you said, the defense really like bites down. And um, it's just because like we got a, a team full of people that don't want to lose, you know, like, so when it's that time to actually win and that time to, you know, like, all right, let's get this done. Then like, you know, that's what we show. That's how we play. Um, we just all bite down together. So that's how, that's how it unfolds. But I will say we're not in the game thinking like, okay, 
we're going to be down the whole game and then we're just going to take the lead. No, we're not thinking like that. But, you know, we just we just stay true to who we are. We just do what we do. And uh, not even worry about the scoreboard. You know, we just going to keep doing what we do. We know what we do is, you know, it's enough. So, so it's just us fans that think that you guys are just being lazy for the first half, right? I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I don't think that. But, but, but yeah, uh, we, we I, I love what the team looks like this year. You guys have got a lot of firepower. I'm going to uh, give uh, John King a chance. I've, I've monopolized. Yeah, D- DJ, um, you know, Sean hit on the defense and the defensive start to the season has been excellent. But I want to talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, one yeah. one big change, uh, you know, from last year's team to this year's team so far has been three shooting. Uh, last year's team shot around 33 percent and this team is up over 38 percent. Was that a point of emphasis for you guys in the offseason? And then what have you guys done to try to, you know, boost that number because three-point shooting is such a huge part of modern basketball. Yeah, um, I would have to give credit to my coaches with that, um, just adjusting to, like you were saying, basketball. Like, you know, we our coaches are, like, really smart, like, and they know what they're doing. So, um, you know, they watch basketball. They know where the game's headed. So, you know, they make those adjustments. We honestly just follow their lead. Um, and obviously, I'm, like this, our style of play is a little bit of different this year. So I guess that just leading to like more threes and us making them. You know, our skill level is different last year. And we were, we were, our skill level was great last year. But I think this year is definitely on another level um, with the skill level that we have. And obviously with the players coming back, just getting better. Um, so I just think it's a mixture of both of those things, honestly, if you ask me. That's just honestly how I feel. Um, I just think that, you know, you give a lot of credit to my coaches for that. You know, they know what they're doing. We follow and they lead, like I said. But also, like, our style of play is definitely a little different and our skill level is different. So it puts us in positions to, like you said, raise that three-point percentage number and stuff. So, And one of those guys who is um – who's just shooting the absolute right lights out right now is Kobe McEwen. Um, what has it been like, you know, what he's a friend from Utah state. What has his presence been like, um, as you guys have like started out in the season, like what has it been like with him being on the team? Um, it's been good. And I honestly will say like early on, I'd never like, I, I wouldn't like really paying attention to how many like threes he was like taking and making, but like, He's he's a shooter. Like he takes a lot of threes, but he also makes a lot. And I honestly never really like picked up on it until like the Ball State game. I was like, yo, this guy's just going nuts. I never, I don't think I've ever been a part of a performance like that. Like he really played. Like he he was a he was a different dude that day. Um, but his presence on the team, man, he's been good. Uh, the 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 word I'll give him is leader. Like he ain't like no phony leader. I don't think like. He genuinely cares about the team. And um, that's why you see him have the performances that he's doing. Um, you know, like he makes sure like, you know, everybody's locked into what we got to do. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, he's definitely the best leader that I've been around. Just off like off a standpoint of like, like obviously he's the, I guess you could say the head huncho. And like, he knows people is following him. So like, you know, whether it's by example, or whether hidden by like, you know, giving us encouragement, you know, doing this and that, or like letting us know what he sees with different teams and stuff. Like he's like, he's on top of all that stuff. So um, he's been great for us though. Sure. 
I've really been impressed, DJ, with the uh, the balanced scoring. Um, obviously, Kobe's averaging 18 points a game, but you've got JJ uh, at uh, 15, you at 13, 8, um, and Sigu at uh, 12, 2. Um, there's four guys that can really score the bucket and and score the basket and, and pretty much at will. Um, I don't even know if I have a question here. Just just that I, I've just been impressed with the balance scoring. I think that's something the Wildcats have been missing. And I think that makes a strong team uh, that, that can defeat that. We did have one question on the chat about uh, some local in-state pr- private school from Provo and and how how we're we're gonna how we're gonna do against them here in a couple of weeks. I've I've been on the record saying that's the litmus test game uh, BYU uh, for this team to see how you know I've been excited by by the start, but it, how good this Wildcat team really is is can we play with the likes of BYU? So so how do you guys think you match up? Um. Well, I'm gonna just piggyback first on when you said we got four guys, like like you mentioned those four guys in double figures. Um, man, like I think that's what we envision, like our team being is like having multiple guys that can. So like like I've heard you guys talk in the past and like talk about how like oh well this guy's off and we're screwed tonight, you know. And I think um, you know with basketball you just see like teams like you got to have a lot of good players that's gonna you know be able to you know, get it done. And um, I think um, credit to my coaches for putting together a team like that. Cause like you said, like, for example, Kobe was off versus um, Green Bay with Seagull goes five to six from three in the first half. You know, it's just like, you've got to love teams like that. There's no way, there's no way all of us can be off. And if it's so, then, you know, the team can have it, you know, but, yeah. um, <laughs> um, but so I'm gonna go to his question. Now he said, he was asking me about BYU. And I'll say this, um, our team isn't built for the big sky. You know, we love the big sky and we plan on winning the big sky without a doubt. But our, our, our team is built for these games that are coming up in the games that we won. You know, we got a lot of players that are like good players. You know, we know they're good players, but you know, they want to like, they're part of our team because like we, we, we're trying to compete with, you know, the top, you know, we trying to compete with BYU, you know, whoever else, you know. And so that's what, like, I, I'm ready for the test because I think we're going to, like, I think we're going to show up. And obviously, at crib, I think we're going to win. Um, I just how I feel because I know, like, our guys are knowing our locker room. I know the work we put in. I think I don't think there's no way we can lose, honestly. But uh, honestly, I'm way excited to be in the Purple Palace and and see a, a, some Cougar tears that night. But uh, yeah, that's sure. just me. Yeah, we gonna we gonna, and I wouldn't even say like even if we win, like I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't like I don't think like nobody on our team would be shocked that we win. Like you know, because we in our in our heads and in our like like mode in the locker room is like, like we can compete with them. Like what makes them better than us? You know. You know, BYU, you know, and that's just how we feel. You know, we honestly feel like we can compete with them. You know, we feel like they got to come compete with us, if you ask me. And that's just, you know, you and you can, anybody can take it how they want, but that's just how we feel. And we know we keep that mindset, you know, we're going to be fine. So. No, I think it's a good point, DJ, uh, because... I was in the, I was in the Purple Palace the last time the Wildcats took on the Cougars and they got the dub. Yeah, I call that the greatest day to be a Wildcat because Wildcats handled SEMO in the playoffs earlier that day. Then everybody heads over to the Purple Palace and they handle the Cougars that night. Two right. dubs in a day. Greatest day, man. So I think that I think you're right. It'll be a good test for the Wildcats to see 
just exactly where they're at because they've shown thus far that they can hang with with good teams. You know, already beat two A10 teams. I mean, there are a slate of really good non-conference games coming up against Utah State, against Bre- Fresno State. Uh, you got Wazoo on the road soon. Of course, Brigham Young coming to the the Purple Palace. And so I, I like the schedule, the non-conference schedule this year and, and the opportunity that this team presents. Because like you said, there are some guys with some veteran leadership. Kobe McEwen has played, of course, at Utah State, but also played two years at Marquette. And that's a big-time program that has produced some big-time guys who are still in the league today. Right. And so, you know, like, They've they've played at some high levels. You know, Marquette beat Wisconsin last season, uh, and that was a that was a big game. And so it's right. just like that's the kind of experience that's now in Ogden, and uh, and especially at the clip, like like Sean mentioned, guys scoring double figures yourself, JJ, Kobe, Sigu, whoever you know, putting putting ball in the hoop. I mean, if everyone's off, like you said, they can have it, but the odds that all four dudes are going to be off on the same night are really, really bad. So there's a lot to like there. Um, I want to keep talking about leadership though, man, because with you, you've taken on some leadership, um, you know, only one season at Weber state, still technically a freshman, but you've taken on some leadership in the huddle, but then also off the court. I want to talk to you a little bit about that leadership and kind of embracing it and kind of what it's teaching you as you've done some stuff with like the SAAC on campus and, and other things. Right. Um, I just honestly, well, I'll talk about SAC first. Um, I just like, I love SAC and love doing it and being the vice president is because, you know, like I'm just showing that I'm invested into Weber state, you know, like, you know, a lot of players now, like you look at the transfer portal and like stuff like players start off at smaller schools and then like they have their good year that they need and like they're off to the races, you know? And I'm not on that, you know, I'm invested into like Weber state, you know, cause I know like when I was coming out of high school, like not like I wasn't the hottest commodity, you know, and, but, but, you know, to Weber state, you know, I like they wanted me. So, you know, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. So I'm, I do things like sack and stuff just to prove and like show to people like, yeah, I'm not like going nowhere. And obviously like, you know, people always ask me about transferring and stuff like, you know, and I just be like, nah, I'm with Weber State. Like, that's just how I feel. So um, I do stuff like that just to be able to, like, show people that I'm invested, you know. And obviously, when you got my team, my teammates, you know, they look at me and be like, well, you know, if Dylan's like the leader of the team and he can do stuff like this, like, who's to say that? Like, you know, I'm too good to, you know, help people out or do stuff around school or, you know, just be a good person. You know, people can, like, remember them by that. And um, I just know that people looking, so I just also do that as well. But um, also on the court, like being a leader, like um, like throughout my whole like life, I've been like called like an extension of my coaches on the floor. Um, that's just kind of how I've been. Like I, I think I have a really extremely high Q, high IQ for the game, and um, and I just sh- I just share that, and my teammates respect it because they know I want the best for them. It's not like I'm just telling somebody something and, you know, they know, like, I'm not really, like, wanting the best for them. Like, when people know you genuinely want the best for them, you know, they'll listen. I think my teammates know that. So um, that's why that's where the leadership comes from on the court. Um, I've been a smart basketball player, I think, all my life. And I just want my teammates to be good. So I just shared knowledge that I got on them. And um, that's really how it all unfolds. 
Well, I mean, man, that's leadership, right? I mean, that's what it takes being that guy that if you got something to share, you're going to share it and you can start to do it early. And that kind of establishes yourself because right. um, there are a lot of new faces on the team. And that's the next question I want to talk to you about, man, is because we mentioned Kobe McCune, who's transferred from Marquette by way of Utah State, started there, played for Marquette. Now he's in, now he's in Ogden senior season. JJ Overton coming coming to the Wildcats. Um, some new guys in like Alex Chu, uh, mm-hmm. Dyson Kohler. Talk to us a little bit about how you guys have been able to kind of build chemistry early, because like we noted at the top of the interview, you guys are rolling early. It's five, five game win streak undefeated thus far on the season. The best start since 1985. You guys have been able to put it together really, really quickly. Like talk to us about building that chemistry quick over the summer and, and really kind of where you guys are at now. Sure. Uh, it's a, I think it's a, it's a combination of different things. Um, First, shout out to my coaches for like recruiting like those type of guys. Cause like, you know, you could like in the portal, like you could have got anybody, honestly, there's so many players, but um, finding the right guys that fit and know the, you know, knowing the mood of your team and the culture that you guys have, like you got to find players that fit that. If not, you know, it's just not, it's not going to work, you know, and um, shout out to them for just being able to identify the type of guys that, you know, that's going to fit Weber state and fit what we do as a, as a team and as a collective group. Um, but also, you know, this like being without this being COVID, you know, like, like last year, like when we got here, like I didn't play pickup with none of my teammates, you know, I couldn't because of, you know, it was the regulations and stuff. And I never really understood, like, honestly, last year people kept saying, Oh, COVID so different. And, you know, it's such a different year, but I didn't know no, di- no different because that was my first year. So I didn't know how things really went. So coming back this summer, you know, new guys coming in, you're doing little things like playing pickup. You guys spend the time early on in the summer, you know, getting used to, you know, everything. It's just like those little things end up paying off to us meshing really well. And um, I think it's just a, honestly, just a difference with like, you know, COVID, you know, just uh, the restrictions we had last year, obviously not nowhere near the same. And um, I just think that ended up helping us, honestly. Um, it's just little things like that, that I think end up paying off for us. So, Yeah, man, we got one question in the chat here from Dan Ubler. He's asking about uh, situational awareness on the court. I mean, who do you credit with teaching you that situational awareness and kind of giving you, helping you along with and to educate yourself and develop that basketball IQ so that you can be such a force because I mean, you, you, you have a nose for the, for the ball. You, you're good with the rebounds. You've been creating a lot of steals, you know, deflections, those kinds of things. That's, that's all situational awareness. And I mean, you've been coached up really well. Yeah. Um, I would, if I had to give credit to anybody, it'd be my brother for sure. I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but I have an older brother that plays professional basketball right now in France. Hmm. Um, and doing well for himself. And, you know, he's a five, he's a five eleven point guard. So, you know, when you're a point guard, you're the smallest player on the court, but you're the smartest as well. So, you know, I grew up watching basketball my whole life. And honestly, I always just had a good IQ, but, you know, he helped me along the way as well. Um, just with like telling me like, you know, what I need to be seeing, you know, just simple things here and there, not over flood me with information, but just, you know, if I'm asking, he'll answer, if, like, just telling me little things along the way. Um, but I'll honestly say, like, a lot of my play style is honestly, like, it mocks him a little bit. I'm just a bigger version of it. And I just think that's what makes me so unique. Because um, if you ever watch any of his stuff, you'll be like, dang, this guy's just a smaller version of Dylan. 
honestly, like he plays defense like intensely hard. Like he, you know, and I just kind of honestly learned that from him because, you know, I'm from a single parent home, you know, I never knew my dad. So, um, you know, my brother was my father figure and, you know, I looked up to him and I wanted to be, you know, my brother, that's who I want to be. And like, he was always known for like, you know, having the best work ethic, you know, being the smartest player on the floor and always making like winning plays. Like that was who he was known for. Cause you know, when you're a smaller player, you got to do those things if you want people to know, and, you know, respect you. So, um, Honestly, I just want to be him. So I just kind of like got that, got that niche for stuff and just, you know, just want to, you know, kind of be like him. Honestly, that was like my superhero. So um, that's why I get, I get it from, honestly. If y'all, anybody look at him, man, his name Eric Washington. And if you ever see his clips, man, he played just like me, just smaller. So that's where I get it from. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to check him out. Uh, playing, you know, we've got a couple of Wildcats playing in the French League as well. So Jeremy Sanglin, who we interviewed over the summer, he's playing playing back in Paris this season. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a good it's a good spot for sure. Dylan Jones, uh, want to thank you, man, for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Uh, like we noted, ended up winning tournament MVP at the Jersey Mike's Classic in St. Pete last weekend. Current Big Sky Conference reigning Player of the Week. Uh, a lot of accolades already, man, early in this young season, but for sure more to come. It don't mean nothing without the ring, right? Sure. Definitely. Thanks so much, man, for taking the time. And uh, we'll uh, we'll probably have you back on real, real soon. Also, man, Zaire Porter, Dyson Kohler, Alex Two, KJ Cunningham, big players that's going to help us. Like we was talking mm-hmm. about you know, us for Michael Kozak, who started every started games last year. Cody Carlson that still starts for us and average 10 points last year. Those guys are going to be big for us, you know? Like I yeah. said, if, if us four off, you still got Zaire coming. You still got yeah. Cody coming. You still got Mike coming. You still got KJ giving you something. I just think we're so loaded, though. I just had to point that out because I didn't want to just make it seem like we're a four-person team. <laughs> no, that's legit, man. Because you, uh, what, uh, you got fans excited. Shades of 2003. If, if, if we can, uh, uh, this, this is the deepest team I think we've had since about that, that team that went undefeated in big Ten conference play. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing I was going to say is in the Duquesne game, which we're not going to talk about in the next segment, but I mean, so Zaire had some shooting struggles early and like, even the crowd was kind of, they were kind of after him, you know, like air ball, but it didn't matter. He kept shooting through it and he still ended up making an impact in that game. So I think his mental toughness, I right. think that, you know, he's really taking a step forward as a player from last right. season to this season. Like, cause he really, you know, they were, they were dogging him early and like, he didn't let it phase him. He just kept shooting and he ended up having an impact and you guys ended up getting the dub in that game in Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's going to be good for us. Sure. Yes, sir. Well, Dylan Jones, like we said, man, thanks for taking some time. We'll be getting you and uh, other, other members of your team on over the season to talk a little bit about their game, talk a little bit, uh, introduce you to some of the new faces, have some of the guys on that we've had on in the past, like Zaire and, and uh, Cody Carlson and and Michael Kozak and others. So appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all having me, my guys. (laughs) Thanks, DJ. Take it easy. Yep. All right, man. Uh, appreciate Dylan Jones for taking the time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, now we're going to pivot to uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this week. We're gonna, mostly, I mean, a lot of basketball has already happened uh, for us, and we uh, we were sort of trying to figure out how to how to chop it up. And so I was like, I think that what we'll do is we'll just go and uh, we will talk just just specifically about uh, the the tournament in St. Pete this last week because there have been a few games without that, but, um, 
let's just talk about these last three games. So guys, I want to start out with the first game against UMass, because I think this one was a good test being Duquesne on pit, uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, a couple of nights before that was like, okay, beat an A-10 team on on their floor. That was good. But now we're in a neutral site. And uh, man, I mean, Wildcats came out and and really had a, another good quality win against another A-10 team. Five Wildcats and double figures on 58-52-75 shooting splits. Like that is just, that is lights out. But I mean, Sean, John, what stands out the most in that dub for you guys? I'll let John King take the lead because I, I overspoke with uh, DJ. Uh, well, I'll say the biggest thing that stood out to me was three-point shooting. I mean, if you're going to – look, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're going to shoot 52% from beyond the arc, you're going to win most games. And so, look, I know that's not a realistic number to you know be shot the rest of the season. But, you know, I mean, Dylan kind of mentioned this over the course of the this the the interview we have a lot of guys who can fill it up and that is you know that's a recipe for winning basketball because when you get to a conference tournament where a conference tournament is one and done and you know you have one off night and and, and, and you lose you know you lose to a lower seed but having a lot of different guys who can help mitigate that you know who can go get 20 25 points a night i mean that i think that's something we really missed last year i mean last year's team you know, Isaiah Brown was an unbelievable player for us. Um, he was one of the best guards I think that we've ever seen at Weber State before. Um, but he was kind of the guy, like he was the you know the main offensive weapon. And you know, I think that this team's a little bit more balanced this year. I just think we have a lot more guys who can you know maybe they're not going to get twenty five points or average twenty five points a game, but you know every other game or every, you know, three or four games, you know, you get 22 points, 23 points out of of somebody. I just think that that's a healthier way of, uh, you know, winning basketball games. The balanced scoring is definitely a a great thing for this team. Uh, You talk, John, you talk about uh, the three point field goals. We, we have Kobe and uh, Sigu that are both hitting over 43% for the season, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Which is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like they're chucking every ball, right? They, they, they're working it within the offense. Um, Kobe McEwen only average, averaging uh, three point, uh, three threes a game in scoring, but he's only taken six, right? So it's not it's not like they're just chucking everything up. Um, and that's that's what I like. They're still working it down low. Um, and and I think DJ mentioned it in, in our interview. Uh, this team wants to play fast. They want to get those transition buckets. They want to they want to have the defense lead to lead to turnovers. And I think that's something that that uh, uh, we can look at. We've got uh, I'm pulling it up here. We're averaging um, uh, 13 turnovers a game, but we're getting 16. So we're plus three a turnover margin. Um, against all of our opponents. I mean, that's that's going to that's going to help. Uh when when you when you need a stop, we're getting the stops. So I I, I love this team. I love that they're defensive focused. Um, the you know we're talking specifically against the game from UMass and uh, the A10 is a solid solid league, uh, yeah. multiple bid league usually every in the NCAA tournament and and we went on to a road game and a neutral site game and knocked off two teams. Uh, that that's something that we can crow about and that's going to be resume builder come tournament time when we win the uh, Big Sky Tournament in March. 
Yeah, man. Um, so you guys, obviously, John, you talked about the shooting and uh, it has been absolutely, I mean, just blazing hot. But another thing that's interesting, and Sean, you mentioned this, uh, the two other pieces that I want to bring up. But the first is the Wildcats owning the paint because right now, uh, like the so specifically talking about the game, 42 of the 88 points were scored in the paint. And they also did a much better job of cleaning the glass. I mean, we talked about a lot about rebounding last season and how there were there were some struggles at times. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily seem to be an issue this year. And a lot of that, you know, Dylan Jones doing a good job of cleaning up the glass. But it seems like everybody's kind of getting involved. And it's not just it's not always just one guy. A lot of guys, you know, maybe maybe one guy's getting three, four rebounds. Another guy's getting five, six. You know what I mean? And it all just kind of adds up. And thus far at the games that I looked at, the Wildcats were not out rebounded. And so I, I think it's an interesting thing because they're shooting really well. Uh, like we noted in, in this game, shooting 52% from three, which is just insane number, but then also scoring 42 points in the paint. And I didn't have the opportunity to watch these games because they were on earlier in the day and I was at work. But I, I think that the, the thing that is really working for the Wildcats is the fact that they are able to slash into the paint and it, it it creates problems for the defense because they have to be so spread out because they have to respect the three point line. So it opens up the paint a little bit. So guys can slash in there and you can get higher percentage buckets or they got to, the defense has to get back and they, and then they have to get, they got to do something and either they're getting an, an easier, higher percentage shot or they're fouling guys and they're putting them on the line. So I, I like to listen to Coach Ray post game uh, with with Clowkey and and uh, you know sometimes he says some things that you know it's a lot of coach speak you know every team's the best team they've played so far this season right sure. um, and that's not a knock on on Randy if he's listening uh, uh, but where I'm at really is that the other day he made he made a comment about uh, uh, rebounding by committee and and telling yeah. the guards to get down low and and get the boards so that so it's not just one guy that has to to take the burden all by himself on that. And I, I think the team has shown that um, the other point that I was going to make to you is, is this doesn't show up on the stat sheet always. Sometimes it shows up as an assist, but you're seeing a lot of team. A lot of the guys make an extra pass to get to the open guy. We don't, we're not playing hero ball. We're not playing that, that type of basketball where, where you've got to get it to one guy and the ball just sticks there. If somebody's open, they're going to get the ball to them. And, and uh, I think this whole team, we talked about that situational awareness with DJ, but I think there's a lot of players on this team that have that situational awareness and are very good at, at finding the open man and, and making the smart play um, rather than the the good play, they're 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 trading good for better or good for best play. And you know, you, we we we've talked a little bit about the rebounding, but you know, you look at the UMass game. Who's the leading rebounder in that game? What was Kobe McEwen coming down from the uh, from the shooting guard spot? And so, you know, rebounding is a total team effort. And like when you're getting that kind of con- contribution, you know, from your guards who are really making an effort to clean the defensive glass, well, you know, that just limits the offensive uh, opportunities, you know, for the other, um, uh, for the other team. And so, you know, by having guys that were willing to, you know, stick their nose in there and do a little bit of the dirty work on the defensive end, like that's going to be huge for this team because that, that, that helps on nights when you don't shoot the ball well, because if you can clear the glass, you know, four more times or five more times than your, than your opponent does. Well, that means that you got four more possessions. So if you're having a bad, you know, bad shooting night, you know, percentage wise, we well, get four more, you know, you get four more cracks at it and hope and, and hopes to score a couple more points. And, you know, that can, that can be six points that you shouldn't have gotten over the course of a game that, you know, that, and that, that ends up being the difference. So, you know, 
big credit to the guards, um, especially early on in the season, really um, attacking the defensive glass. You know, uh, John, just to bolster your point there, uh, just looking at the splits over the weekend and and Kobe uh, led in rebounds one game and was second to DJ for the other two. Uh, you know, so, so he's doing his part to do that rebounding by committee and go, go help the bigs with that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out guys. So I want to move on now to the ball state game, which was the second game in this three game set down in St. Pete. Um, Wildcats, the thing that stuck out to me, and I wanted to get you guys' takes about this. Wildcats were 20 of 26 from the free throw line in that one really got to the line a lot and, and, and shot fairly well. Uh, from the the charity stripe. I mean, uh, I think it's, uh, like I said earlier, a function of the fact that the, the, the offense is so spread out that the other team has to respect the spacing. You know, it's very, very Spurs esque, right? Where it's like, okay, we've got good spacing. And so you've got to respect the fact that this guy can hit, this guy can hurt you. That guy can hurt you. That guy can hurt you. You know, a guy like Cody Carlson can go out and, uh, and stretch him uh, at the five and really make them uh, have to respect that and come out of the paint. And it gives opportunities to get to the rack early. And you know, if they're, they're going to be out there, they're going to do it. Or like you talked about, Sean, they're they're getting buckets in transition. Um, um let me check this out. Uh yeah, in that in the, in the same ball state game, Wildcats had 25 pass break points. That's 30% that's, of all all the points they scored. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, it's crazy high, right? 25% fast break points. And so the defense is struggling to do something to keep the easy bucket out. And what do they do? They put the guy on the free throw line. I mean, I mean, talk to me a little bit about what stands out there from that ball state game before we move on to the final one against Green Bay. Uh, what stands out to me is, and I'm just going to build on the point that you were just making, Colby, uh, six steals against that 17 points off turnovers. So, and, and generally th- those, those points off turnovers are, are part of the fast break points, but, but where the defense is leading the offense and that's where you're, you're seeing that. So, um, playing good defensive ball, uh, like I said, we had, uh, six steals, three, three guys, each with two, uh, that that's pretty good, uh, to lead to the offense. John King, anything, any final thoughts before we talk about the green Bay game? Well, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned the free throw shooting. If you wanted to, you know, nitpick at the wildcats at any point, you know, in this very hot start, you know, as a team for the season, we're only shooting about 68 and a half percent from the free throw line. Um, so have to have a game like ball state where, you know, you go 26 of, <coughs> sorry, you go 20 for 26. Um, that's that that that's a good number. That's a championship number. That's a number that's going to win a lot of basketball games. And so, like you know, that really really helped us. One additional thing, you know, you look at the rebounding numbers for the Ball State game as well. We out rebounded the uh, Cardinals uh, thirty-seven to thirty-two. Won the game by eleven, which is you know four possession game. That's five extra possessions we got. You know, just by uh, um, uh, you know rebounding. I mean, that's that's a that's a tangible way that you can look at rebounding over the course of a game and be like, well, how did that translate to the score sheet? That's how it translates to the short score sheet. You got five extra possessions and you win by four. So helps your margin of error um, quite a bit. Yeah. Fair point. Um, final thing we're going to talk about here uh, of the three game set uh, ended up taking on U- university, of Wisconsin, green Bay, um, Wildcats roll once again, ended up winning that one, uh, to the tune of, Ooh, Oh, this is UMass. Sorry. Let me get to green Bay really quick. Um, this, this one was 68, 58, 58, 10 point margin. Um, 
Yeah, man. And the thing that I've got here in the notes is the fact that uh, in this game, Sigu was the hero. And we talked a little bit about this with Dylan, uh, about the fact that, you know, anybody could hurt you on a given night. Um, Zaire Porter might be able to, he might be on shooting, hitting his threes. I mean, anybody, anybody could hit you, hurt you, right? And uh, Sigu went seven of nine from the floor and five of six from deep. Um, like like he said, team's kind of loaded and anyone can go off on a given night. I mean, Talk to, talk to me guys a little bit about how that benefits you down the stretch, because I think that there are going to be some dog fights in the conference um, schedule this season. I think that Montana anytime you go State, to Dahlberg arena. Yeah. I mean, always, yeah. I mean, Dahlberg is always a, a troublesome spot for the Wildcats. Uh, only won a handful of times and Randy Ray's long tenure at Weber state. Uh, it's a tough place to win, but I mean, I, I'm really looking, I'm looking at those games against Montana state and against Northern Colorado going, okay. Th- those might be the dog fights that we're that we're really looking for because uh, those teams seem to be on the rise and and they've shown out early as well. So I mean the the thing that the Wildcats have to get over is is starting slow, um, and and we see that where where they they don't jump out to a lead. You know, again it, it's it's tied for a while, and then and then they seem to pull away against Green Bay. Uh, they had an 11 point lead at halftime and were able to to uh, keep that margin pretty much throughout the second half. So they didn't let their foot off the gas uh, playing with the lead after halftime. So that that was good there. Um, I, to answer your question though, Colby, the the secret here is we we know who the alpha DJ really pointed out that that Kobe McEwen is going to be the alpha dog on this team, but you've got four guys that aren't afraid to take a last shot. And, and you've got four guys that if times are tough, they're going to be able to pick up the slack. Um, And you know, in a, in a close game, you know, you you can't defend all four, right? Somebody's going to be open. Um, and, and it's up, it's going to be up to the coaching to, to put the players in position to succeed when those close games go. And, and to John's point about the free throws over the weekend, um, as long as you're up by enough points, free throws don't matter, right? Uh, the free throws on, missing free throws only matters when you're in a close game and you look at gosh, if we'd made eight more free throws, we, this game wouldn't have been close at all. So sure. So I, I like where our team's at. Um, I'm excited for big sky play. I've said, uh, to this group many times that, the litmus test is the tough week in December where you've, you've got a week, a uh, week and a half stretch that where you play uh, Utah state BYU and Fresno um, and, and BYU is by far the head and shoulders class of that, that, that team or that stretch, but Utah state's no slouch. They always come to play. They want to beat. We were just like, we want to beat them. And, and Fresno is, is a team that's the, uh, you're you're gonna look at, and they're coming to town. They're maybe not as strong as they have been in the past, but but uh, you know they're gonna put up a fight. So uh, they only beat Idaho by seven this week, um, right? It was Fresno that, that played Idaho and only won by mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. Um, and so you know, in Idaho, we, we had no offense to our Vandal fr- friends, but uh, Idaho has not been a strong team in the Big Sky the last few years. So yeah. Um, well, they know that. I, right? I, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of salivating over that Fresno State game based on that result because we know what Idaho is. Um, and and we've got a common opponent uh, coming up with Washington State with Idaho. So that, that's another good litmus test for, for this team. Uh, December is going to be make or break for the Wildcats. Um, I think they're going to show well. And we're going to be really excited for this team going into Big Sky turn or conference play. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say I disagree a little bit. I don't think that necessarily December is make or break. I think that it's an opportunity for the Wildcats to show their quality because once we get into conference play, I think that there are going to be a lot of matchups that the Wildcats win. I think that we're just simply going to be more talented than a lot of teams in the big sky. Um, but also at the same time, um, that out of conference is going to be interesting because Utah State um, was just down in South Carolina last weekend and they beat Oklahoma. So you you always wonder... I mean, that's the thing about college basketball. Anybody could beat anybody on a given night. Anything can happen. Kobe, right? and, and I agree with you. And, and make or break is probably the wrong phrase to say there um, because make or break for us is three days in Boise in March. Yeah. Um, that That's what it all comes down to. The regular season is better. It's how you do three days in Boise in March. Um, and I've said that on the show many, many times. Uh, so, uh, but I, I, what I really mean is we're going to see where this team is based on how they do in December, right? The excitement for the the Big Sky Conference season is going to be over the top hype if we do super well through December, or if we take a couple of L's in December, it's going to temper those expectations for this team. Then that's kind of what I felt like when I when I said make or break is 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 you're going to see what kind of team this is after after the stretch in December. And don't um, forget, as you know, we do get a little Big Sky teaser in the month of December because we, we do. You know, we'll be hosting Northern Arizona and then a week from Saturday, um, it'll be a home game against Portland State. So conference play really is right around the corner. So, you know, it's good to be playing good basketball at this time because the games that are really going to start to matter, they're starting very soon. Those early conference games are kind of sneaky on you because you you just you you forget that they're on the schedule because you're excited about these other big non-conference games. Yeah, one thing I want to point out here, guys, before we move on to the next segment is um, looking at the Ken Palm ratings. Um, currently, the Wildcats are the highest rated Big Sky squad at 104. The next closest squad is Southern Utah at 135. Wildcats are at 104. So there's a lot of room in between those two. Uh, Teepers are whining about a missed free throw in one of their last games. Well, that is really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that like T-Birds, no. I think that they'll be they'll be scrappy. Um, but currently that's that's the way that things kind of sit in with Ken Palm. Can can I say that we, I, I think we would all be in agreement as far as big sky teams go in in this season, it is there any team on paper that has um the uh thank you thank you jeff Millard. that's a long story um is there any team on paper that uh can can that should dominate weber state i don't think there is i think on paper weber state is by far the most talented team in the big sky and and this year we just have to they, they have to prove that they can live up to that expectation yeah um, all right, guys, I uh, want to close out this one and we're going to go to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball really quickly. Uh, probably just going to do one round of this before we wrap it up. So uh, you'll have one shot. You get one question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Who wants to go first? John King. John King wants to go first. John, what's your question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? What is my question for Waldo's Ma- Magic 8-Ball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... Well, everybody's talking about the BYU game, but you know, Utah state's been a tournament team the last two times that there have been NCAA tournaments. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know how the wildcats are going to fare against Utah state, or is that going to be a game that, you know, the wildcats can pull out? 
Okay. Is that going to be a game that the Wildcats pull out? Because the, the Aggies did lose uh, some some key members of those NCAA tournament teams. Uh, Sam Merrill the year before, and then Nemes Keita got drafted by the Sacramento Kings, I believe. Uh, and so, but they got this bean kid who's shooting the lights out right now. So let's see what Wallow's Magic 8 Ball has to say. We're going to shake it. And the answer is... Outlook not so good. Ooh, ominous mm. against that against that Utah State know, squad. I'm going to be in the building for that tears. one, guys. BYU game then. Yeah, it's yeah. So uh, All right, I'm I'm going to look a little bit more long term on my Magic Eight Ball. I want to know: Will the Big Sky MVP be a Weber State Wildcat this year? Okay, uh, a good question. Will the Big Sky MVP be a Wildcat this year? I I can't remember the last one, guys. Do you remember who the last uh, Big Sky MVP was? Who was a Wildcat? I can't know. I was thinking, did did Jeremy Singlin win? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I was like, I don't remember if Jeremy Singlin or Joel Ballenboy might have won it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to put that one, send it down yeah. to the truck. But but uh, let's let's just. It's stats working on that right now, please. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's shake it. Uh, well, let's ask Wildcat. Uh, let's ask this. Will the next Big Sky MVP be a Wildcat? So shaking Waldo's Magic 8 Ball, the answer. Oh, yes, definitely. So, I mean, so, we got a squad. Uh, uh, Jeff Millard has it right. Joel Ballenboy in 2015 was the last Wildcat to win Big Sky Player of the Year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I swear Ballenboy had it. But uh, so there you go. Ballenboy, the last one in 2015, his senior season to win it. So it's been a few years. And that was also the last time the Wildcats went dancing. So um, my, Waldo's Magic Eight Ball think, says yes unequivocally. Do you think there's a correlation in that, Colby? Well, so I think that there's, I think there's something, right? Because um, looking at the guys that have won it, and looking at um, the the guy, and looking at the teams that the, the Big Sky sent to the NCAA tournament, it's not always, it's not always a hundred percent, but there's, um, there's definitely. There's definitely a, a strong case to be made that if you've got a player of that caliber playing for your squad, that you're probably going to have a chance to play for a conference championship and a chance to play in the day in the big dance. So, yeah, I don't know. Millard right. wants to know if he if he want a cooler on that. Sean, say. <laughs> <laughs> so so we don't have time on this podcast but i'll tell you guys that story later <laughs> <laughs> all right uh that'll be Waddle's magic eight ball um so we'll be bringing that one back uh no doubt but uh, a couple of good questions there from our panel um now, just some upcoming events guys um next basketball game will be against dixie state that game will be down in st george saturday november 27th uh, that'll be at 7 p.m. It'll be on ESPN Plus, or you can listen to Steve Klauke on 103.1 The Wave. Um, the next game following that, Thursday, December 2nd, we'll be taking on Northern Arizona, like John King noted, an early uh, sort of like a uh, conference game before the out-of-conference games. I don't know. It's really, really weird. A teaser. A teaser. It's a teaser. That conference was that was teaser. the word that John King used. It is, it is a teaser. So taking on NAU, 7 p.m. in the Purple Palace, Thursday, December 2nd, that'll be on ESPN Plus or 103.1 The Wave. Or just go, just go to the Purple Palace and see see these guys play live because I think this is going to be a special season, guys. Um, and then uh, that Saturday, December fourth, my wife's birthday, taking on Portland State. The Vikings will be coming down and uh, be looking to get some revenge for what happened on the football field. Uh, that game will be ESPN Plus one hundred three one the Wave. And then finally Wednesday, December eighth, taking the trip up to Pullman. 
to take on the Washington State Cougars, 8 p.m. That'll be on Pac-12 Network, or you can listen to it on 103.1 The Wave. So, all right, guys, uh, that's our show. That's our hoop show, men's hoop show for this week. Um, hit us up, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can rewatch these on YouTube. Uh, we're patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly to become a patron, get into our chat. And then we got a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Um, super busy at work right now, so I haven't produced the content that I've been promising, but I'm sure it will happen eventually. We got some, a lot of recruits. So we'll wrap it up like we usually do, guys. I'm going to say it. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great. Great go Wildcats.